Hey dudes, this is The Big Game. I'm Justin Hargett. We've got a really unorthodox episode for you today. Frequent guest and friend of the show, Sam Vujinic, joins the podcast to talk about the Major League Baseball 2015 All-Star Game. We watched it inning by inning so that you didn't have to. Now, I want to say this up front. If you are sensitive to swear words uh, or you have young children in your car or in your house as you're listening to this podcast, uh, this is a really salty episode. There were things that happened that got us a little bit irate, uh, and, and there are definitely some major swear words, some four-letter words, uh, some 12-letter words. You know, it, So just you know, be, beware. Beware. This is a, an expletive-laden episode of The Big Game. But if you're into that kind of thing, and you're into baseball, and the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, well then stick around. Hey Sam, welcome to The Big Game. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. So today I came up with a crazy idea that I think is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to watch the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, which is kind of, for the most part, full of shit. And just, uh, it's, it's a great excuse to, for fun and for us to watch our favorite players play together. But for some dumb reason, Major League Baseball has made it quote-unquote necessary and important by determining home field advantage by giving it to the, the winning team, so either the National League or the American League. Uh, so in honor of this happy horseshit, <laughs> I thought it would be fun to, to watch the game live on tape. <laughs> and, and we will do a brief mini-podcast after every inning. What do you think about that? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great idea. And um, yeah, as Justin mentioned... Um, I think the first year that the home field advantage was decided for the World Series by the All-Star Game, the tagline was, this time it counts or now it counts or something. Um, and uh, it really shouldn't count. That should be their new tagline. <laughs> this shit shouldn't matter. Yeah, I agree 100%, which is why we are going to drink uh, one beer after every inning or during every inning. And so by by the time we get to the end of this podcast... Uh, and we're watching some pretty boring, uh, inconsequential baseball. I think this this podcast will only get better and better. It will get different for certain. <laughs> All right. Uh, see you guys back here in just a second. All right, we're back. We've just watched the first inning of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And I think I'm already regretting this. Yeah, uh, I'm a beer in and... Um... I'm a little bit bored. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just kind of the nature of, of the game. I mean, I did the NBA All-Star uh, game earlier this season, and it was, I don't know, maybe it's more fun just because it's a little more up-tempo or something, whereas baseball, I guess you really do need to have that, so like it needs to mean something for it to be that interesting. Uh, but, you know, that said, Mike Trout did hit a home run in the first at-bat. On the fourth pitch of the game. Yeah, off of, uh, you know, the... Zach Greinke, one of the Dodgers, you know, he's their ace, right? So, like, there's a little bit of excitement here. Yeah. In the All-Star game, you're going to have a lot of—I I feel like it just sort of makes sense that you're going to have a lot of home runs and a lot of um, strikeouts because a lot of the—there's the, going to be a lot of sluggers because with fan votes and things, they look at stats like that, maybe not necessarily um, things that don't show up, like who can snag a liner out of um, midair, but— you know, there's a lot of great defensive players too. It just kind of 
I'm curious if we're going to get a lot of great defensive plays just on, on, you know, like you were saying, I think the pitchers are either going to get a lot of strikeouts because they're out there and they're just like, fuck it. I'm just going to, you know, throw fastballs and see if I can get it by them and get out of this inning. Like, I don't think anyone's getting like really, really crafty. And like, I don't think we're going to see like 17 pitch at bats. So, you know, we'll probably see a couple of good snags, but it's generally going to be like fly balls and strikeouts, right? Yeah. Hopefully that'll make the game go a little faster too. I don't think anyone's going to be working the count for, like you said, like a 10 pitch <laughs> at bat to, to wear out the starter because they're only going to be in there for an inning anyway. Yeah. So, okay. So just a couple of notes I think we should squeeze in here. Uh, I feel like the people at home that haven't watched the game, hopefully you'll be able to experience the game through this podcast. Uh, and maybe it'll be a little bit more enjoyable, and it'll be a lot fucking shorter than the baseball game is going to be. It's going to be like a tight 30 minutes. Uh, but so, just so you know, the city of Cincinnati hates the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, yeah, they really, anybody from the NL Central, they booed, except for Andrew McCutcheon, who, if you're booing him, you're a soulless asshole. Um, well, and, and there's probably like plenty of Pirates fans that made the trek to Cincinnati. Yeah, it's, so. it's about a six-hour drive. I um, mean, I guess St. Louis isn't that far either, but but yeah, I don't know. Who eh, cares? Um, the rivalry's a little different there. All right, uh, let's... let's uh, fi- a final note of first inning part of the podcast. Uh, Joe Buck is really working the crowd, yeah. and I still fucking hate that guy. He is, he is... If you're looking for an MC for your birthday party, <laughs> and it's in front of tens of thousands of people at I'm going to say Riverfront Stadium because that's the old name of the place Joe, with Joe Buck Joe Buck's your dude Joe Buck's your dude alright guys we'll see you back in just a second so it's tied up after two uh, Paul Goldschmidt had a uh, an infield single and uh, Josh Donaldson made a really bad throw to first yeah and, we saw uh, some really bad defense in this yeah. inning um, I mean Albert Pujols did his best to uh, to sort of try to fake um, Goldschmidt out by pretending like the ball wasn't 30 feet above his head. But the air meant um, Goldschmidt can go to second. Um, and eventually he was uh, driven home by Johnny Peralta, who uh, blooped a single, yeah, uh, or hit a really high high um, thing that dropped into right field. It was definitely a bloop hit. I mean, it was... He got, he got lucky, I think. Keuchel was, was having a good couple of innings for the AL. Dallas... Keuchel from the Houston Astros. That's not a real name. <laughs> and uh, and I think they I think they kind of got I think the NL got kind of I think they played NL baseball against the AL right here. Yeah. Buster Posey got got the base runner Goldschmidt over to uh, third base with with the infield grounder. Uh, this was pretty typical NL baseball, and they tied it up one one. And when Peralta got an RBI, the Cincinnati fans did not boo. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They kind of cheered. I so wait. I want to talk about uh, two things. Before before we get back to the third inning, one is uh, the slow mo cam is pretty rad, mm-hmm. but it's a little frightening because yeah. Zach Greinke he like he smiles like the Joker when he pitches, and that's I feel like I know we're not like batters not looking at him in real time or in, in like they're looking at him in real time, so it's not slow motion, so we can't see this kind of like evil grin, but I think Zach Greinke might be possessed, <laughs> probably to to some point. I mean, it's like thirty-eight something scoreless innings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in a row, not total. The, I think uh, that leads me to another topic: is is my general baseball knowledge so far this season is very, very low. If if these guys are not on the Mets or the Pirates or even a little bit on the Dodgers, I I really don't know who anyone is or what's going on. Like, I feel like 
taking a little time away from baseball the last couple of seasons and just kind of watching, following my teams, I'm pretty out of the loop. Yeah, I haven't had cable for a while, and I uh, listen to a lot of Dodgers games, but I haven't been able to listen to as many as I planned, which is okay. Yeah, there, there are a couple, like the the Royals um, catcher that's in his third All-Star game. I forgot his name, and uh, I just learned it 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, so there are a couple like that, and also Dallas and a, Keuchel. And apparently that guy's on a five-year contract for only seven million dollars and he's like a three-year all-star which is just yeah that, that seems has, really low yeah he is a bad agent <laughs> he needs to he needs to correct that shit fast i mean the royals are have one of the best records uh, again and they were they almost won the world series last year but i think they're still kind of a lower salary team um but that's ridiculous all right let's go back to the baseball all right third inning is over it's still one to one AL versus the NL. Uh, it was pretty quick inning. Garrett Cole came in, Pirates pitcher. Uh, was pretty dominant through 97 miles per hour. Very impressive. He's got the most wins uh, coming into the All-Star game, I believe. I don't know what that number is, but it's the most wins. Uh, 13. 13 wins. Very impressive. And uh, and then Felix Hernandez, the Seattle pitcher, Cy Young winner, right? Uh, he's, I think he's a Former, couple. For, yeah, a couple, couple Cy Young wins for Felix Hernandez. Came in and just a one, two, three up against the uh, NL at the bottom of the inning. I don't know. Anything you want to add to that? Um, we saw Todd Frazier, who is on the Reds. That's and a that's fact. That's it. That's a fa- Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, the first Red in the game, I think. All right. So let's so let's use this opportunity here. Uh, did you watch the Home Run Derby? Did you follow that at all? Because apparently it was no. one of the most exciting Home Run Derbies of, of recent memory. I didn't see it. I know that Todd Frazier won and hit a lot of home runs and... Um, Jock Peterson hit slightly less an absurd number of home runs. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that I missed it. You know, I, I heard so much buzz about it, like the new format, uh, that maybe it would have been a better event to talk about than the All-Star game itself. I always loved watching the Home Run Derby when I was younger, um, so I'm also sad I missed it. You know, and actually, then no one recorded it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I always liked it when they would play at a ballpark where they could hit the ball into the water. And then just just kind of like waiting for for the guys to hit the home runs like out of out of the ballpark and into like whatever you know river or ocean is behind them. Mm. I was in um I was at uh, Three River Stadium, uh, the old for the Three River Stadium in Pittsburgh in 1994, I believe it was, maybe 95 uh, when Frank Thomas hit one. It was like 535 feet. Oh, um, Frank! That did not go out of the park because that stadium was like uh, shaped like a Pringles can. <laughs> Where it was impossibly tall, or at least it seemed to be when I was ten years old. Um, I always, but yeah, you like the the ones at AT and T and yeah, um, those those were always the fun home run derbies to watch. Um, but but you mentioned big baseball stadiums, and it's like if there's any stadium I could go back in time to, I think see a game in. I think one of the most interesting ones would be the Polo Grounds, where the the Giants and the Mets played in New York, where it's. Is like you know, it's like six hundred feet to to the outfield wall, just because they 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 basically was like built it in a racetrack or something. And yeah, I think it was actual polo grounds. Yeah, so in Manhattan somewhere. Yeah, I don't. I think that would be it. Would be awesome to see a home run derby there where there's uh, no wall in the middle. I'd like to see them in Ebbets Field and Forbes Field. Yeah, those would both be good. All right, enough of this. Uh, enough of this. We'll see you in a bit. Fourth inning, still 1-1. Thoughts? 
I feel like the game's moving along a little faster now, um, partly because it is. There's There have been a few, like, four or five pitch at-bat strikeouts, I feel like. Um, we're starting to see more uh, substitutions as well. David Price is in the game. Um, Madison Bumgarner for the NL pitching. Yeah, I kind of like I kind of like that it's picked up a little bit of pace, and I think it kind of boils down to something that I like about baseball, which I think is counterintuitive to something I said earlier. But I love pitching duels. I love watching a pitcher just succeed and dominate and get people out quickly. Maybe that's because I'm slightly growing impatient with the game of baseball, and I just want to see it like move. So it's more exciting for me to see somebody just like like Madison Bumgarner just like come out and just like kill it. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Um... I love baseball and appreciate the things that are boring about it. Like, baseball is boring, but in an endearing way, to me at least. Um, but the All-Star game shouldn't be a normal game. Like, it, the, the pace and the tone and things shouldn't be, like, just an average game that I'm listening to on a Tuesday or something. It's not the same experience. I feel like I'm having more fun now in the fourth inning than I was at the first inning. And I don't know if that's the beer or the game. I mean, it's kind of like bowling, you know, the first frame or two, it's... Getting loose. Yeah. I mean, we're warming up just like the players are. <laughs> yeah. Which is a really bullshit analogy, because <laughs> I can't throw faster than, like, 35. I think we could I think we could top out at 50. I, I mean, I could probably hurt myself opening a beer. <laughs> uh, let's talk quickly about uh, the players being mic'd up. What do you think of, because Mike Trout got it, we noticed it in the first inning when he hit the home run, and you could hear him kind of, you know, his exclamations of joy as he hit it as he came home, and in, in this inning, I think it was Bryce Harper yelling, I got it, I got it, um, for an outf- outfield fly. Uh, is, is this is this fun to you? Do you no, you, they're no. not really used, I mean, they're using it a little bit, but it's... Yeah, they're not capturing anything Kind of dumb, and I mean, they're going to edit the swear words. You know what they should have instead? This is the GoPro. GoPro camera on top of the ump's helmet. It yeah. so much more fun. It's already cumbersome looking to have uh, um, like a, a pack strapped to your belt, like a, a cell phone belt clip, but on the back of your hip. So if you're sliding or something, I'm sure that's very comfortable. They don't need to do that. If you're going to do that, have like catch something great, like the George Brett video. He's just talking about having a great meal, just a, a great fucking meal. <laughs> Look yeah. that up. All right, and the AL is on top, three to one. Fucking Dodgers pitchers giving up all the runs. <laughs> uh, Clayton Kershaw uh, came into the game, and uh, Kansas City Royals Escobar gets a leadoff hit. After that, uh, they almost turn a double play, but Mike Trout was able to get to first base in time. And then, was it Prince Fielder? Yeah, and then Prince Fielder, who's hitting 340 for the season, which is pretty remarkable. I did not realize that. Yeah, so he brings Trout home on a double. Uh, and then Lorenzo Kane from the Royals, who are one of the best teams in baseball, uh, gets a hit, another hit in this game. I think it's not his first hit in the game, uh, to make it 3-1 to one American o- League. Other than the two-out rally, uh, Kershaw pitched pretty well, but uh, Manny Machado also hit one to the warning track fairly early. But again, we kind of expect... Um, a lot of offense, really. Some of these batters, this is now their you know second or third at bat of the game. They're pretty loose. They're pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. Whereas Clayton Kershaw is coming in cold, probably not a lot of warm up time. 
and I think as the game gets on, as you kind of start to recede from the top tier pitchers, I mean they're all top tier pitchers, but right. you're kind of the, the very elite kind of down progressively. The end of the game is going to get a little bit more exciting. Granite Kershaw um, just won the MVP and the Cy Young. Yeah, but thank you for being a Dodgers apologist. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Thank you for just sucking up to Hollywood. Uh, and then, and then for for the American League, Chris Archer, Tampa Bay pitcher, comes in. Uh, you know, I loved his stirrups. It's not it's not often that you get some major leaguers still wearing the uh, their socks so high. No, once in a while you get them, and it's cool to see um, that some teams actually put some thought into the design and things of those. Oh yeah, speaking of design, we should talk about the uh, the special MLB All Star Game hats. Yeah, I saw um, some people didn't like them. Um, but uh, I think they're kind of cool. I think they're they're. It depends what logo it is, but like the Giants ones look sweet. Um, yeah, and the, we were, we were saying that all of the American League ones look pretty good because they actually have a gray background. So for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's a uh, Sam. Explain. Can you explain for the audience what the hats look like? Yeah. So they look like um, if you just take the hats that the teams normally wear, but make the front two panels um, white for the National League, gray for the away team, the American League. And there's uh, there are two um, stripes that are the same color as the, the rest of the hat that are sort of in the middle, two horizontal stripes. So the Dodgers ones have like a blue outline around because their logo is white to begin with. So those don't look as good, but like the Giants have normally have uh, an orange uh, interlocking SF, um, which has a black outline and the black stripes. It looks cool. It kind of, kind of remind me of the... They all kind of remind me a little bit of the the pirates hats from the seventies. Yeah, from the seventies and maybe yeah. the late sixties. Yeah, I think it depends on the. Thing. I think the American League hats look a little bit better because of the gray outline. Yeah, because of the gray outline. Whereas you know the 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 white like it it all depends a little bit more in the National League. Like if the logo matches well with the white background. Yeah, it kind of can get maybe washed out or just not have like an interesting. Yeah, contrast. the Dodgers one definitely looks washed out. But what's great is that they're not red, white, and blue. <laughs> Yes, they're not red, white, and blue. What an inning. What an inning. Top of the sixth. Top of the sixth. Yes. Jacob deGrom, New York Mets, last year's Rookie of the Year, comes out 10 pitches. 10 pitches. Back to back to back strikeouts. Yeah. Best performance of the game, right? Um, absolutely. Uh, and I was still down, um, three, two. Well, yeah. And then we get, and then we get to the bottom of the sixth, Andrew McCutcheon, the Pittsburgh Pirates center fielder, first pitch, cranks it, cranks the ball to the upper deck. And now it's three, two, you were saying. Oh, that was the sixth inning. Yeah. That just happened. We just watched that. Well, you say that just happened. That felt like an hour ago. <laughs> I was um, distracted by loving the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, the, the, I feel like the Pirates came to represent this game. Garrett Cole had a really nice, strong inning. Andrew McCutcheon fucking brings it back to within one. I was feeling pretty good for a Pirates fan. I wish the Dodgers were doing better. Yeah, the Dodgers, um, the Dodgers have not been doing well but yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. The, the two runs came from a Cardinal and um, a Pirate, so... In Cincinnati. That's, that's fun for the NL Central <laughs> fans. Uh, so, yeah. So, just to catch up with, with where we were last inning, the Baltimore hats look amazing. Yeah. These alternate all-star hats, if you're going to buy one, 
buy a Baltimore Oriole hat. Or a Giants one. I don't is it the the black and orange color scheme that does it? Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe the this this whole scheme works best with the colors black and orange. Plus the uh the Orioles old school hats did have the two front panels were white with um the the just the the logo that's just the head of the bird. Good logo. I love yeah. that. I love that logo. What's your favorite baseball logo? Because I, I don't know if I should t- go into this anecdote, but when you and I were in third grade, we drew a lot of sports logos. No, I remember that. Like very, you and Buster Fulan, I specifically. F- I figured out how to do interlocking letters <laughs> and how to color inside of lines, so it was... And the Anaheim Ducks had just become a team. Yeah. And so that was like the most challenging one, I think. Yeah. It was sort of like a, an optical illusion. Yeah. Um, but I remember doing a lot of um, San Diego and San Francisco ones just because, in Notre Dame because they had interlocking letters. Well, so, so your, favorite, your favorite baseball logo? Favorite baseball logo. I mean, I should say one of the old-timey, scary, like, Pirates ones. But I'll probably go with the Orioles. Yeah, the Orioles logo is nice. It's it's kind of it's kind of got a little bit of kitsch to it. Yeah, the one that's just the 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 head of the bird is is like a friendly one. The other one is like six inches wide, and that's kind of great because it it's the proportions are weird for a sports logo. My favorite logo is and it's a bird. <laughs> my favorite logo is like the seventies eighties Milwaukee Brewers with the oh the, the, the baseball mitt and the baseball in the middle and the the fingers are like holding right. it so it says MB. I didn't realize that, that it. Um, I always thought it was just a baseball glove. I didn't realize it said MB until I was like I don't know twenty five. It's been fucking five years since Francisco Rodriguez was a Met, and he's still blowing games and making me disappointed. And I feel like this is a good point in the podcast to mention that I am firmly rooting for the National League. And that comes down to a couple of things, one of which is we we grew up in a National League city, Pittsburgh. Yep. I lived in New York. My team was the Mets National League team. And I hate the goddamn designated hitter rule. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about the designated hitter rule in the All-Star game. They're playing in Cincinnati, a National League town, and they're still using a designated hitter. Yeah, I'm just going to blame this on Bud Selig because everything that's annoying to terrible about baseball is the fault of Bud Selig. There's no reason to have a DH. Like, I want to see all-star pitchers bat against... Like, I want to see Justin Verlander throwing to Clayton Kershaw yeah. and Zach Greinke, who, by the way, are very good hitters. Um, and, and Madison Bumgarner, this is why this guy is one of my favorite pitchers, is because he came out with a quote about two months ago, and he said... Uh, the game is perfect as it is. We don't need to change. And this was in response to a quote that I think Max Scherzer said about signing with Washington. He was like, oh, I hope maybe they, you know, change the rules and, and that, you know, the pitcher doesn't have to bat in the National League game. We're like, fuck that nonsense. Fuck the designated hitter. That's where I stand. Yeah. And for the All-Star game, I don't know if they expanded the rosters or anything. I mean, there's always a couple of replacement players for injuries and and. Um, for pitching starters and stuff, but there's no reason to, to sort of burn a player. Um, it, it's just fucking dumb. It, you get more people in the game, but it's just one of those things that like, oh, we're doing this to for the fans that fans probably don't want. And it really highlights the, you know, the farce that is the All-Star game is that, you know, this is ostensibly a game that quote-unquote means something, right? But as the game goes on, 
the reserve players begin to play a predominant role in, in what happens. It's, yeah. you know, is K-Rod coming in as the first time we've seen a relief pitcher? And fuck K-Rod. Fuck K-Rod. K-Rod sucks. He shouldn't be in the All-Star game. Period. And I feel like we should just go out on this inning with fuck K-Rod. And we're back. We're here to talk about the eighth inning of the Major League Baseball All-Star game. I think the American League scored a run. Yeah, they did. It's six to two now. Um, the they're kind of um, just putting the game out of reach, and uh, there were a few more um, appearances by Dodgers. Adrian Gonzalez and uh, his money Grandal came in. Um, I was really surprised that this was the first appearance of Adrian Gonzalez in the game. I'm like, I feel like they should have brought this guy in in the fourth. Inning. I mean, we did a podcast about this, you know, a couple of months ago. Motherfucker hit three home runs in one game. I remember and you're bringing you, him for one at bat. I remember you asking um, if there was an MVP for the team for the season. Who would it be? And I said Adrian Gonzalez, and I I stick by that, and it's pretty much been true. Um, I mean, they're the they have a lot of depth, but it's sort of every time there's a game, and I I check on Twitter or listen, it's you know he had a home run or a double that like started a rally or something like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it, it's weird that some, sometimes in the all-star game players will be in from, you know, starters will be in for like six innings and then other people will play like a third of an inning. It's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I'm sort of also surprised how late in the game he's coming in. Um, I mean, Paul Goldschmidt is very, very good and he played, you know, more than half the game, but it's still kind of just a little bit odd. Um, but the the inning ended with a, a really great defensive play by um, the Dodgers shortstop uh, Iglesias uh, with a sort of backhand and then um, to throw out Yasmani Grandal. Yeah, I think I was I was singing a uh, a rendition of of Porcupine Racetrack by the State at that point, uh, and I definitely missed that portion of the inning. So I'm glad that you could catch everyone. That's along. that's the reason I mention it is because it's all I caught. Put it in the books. The American League has won the All-Star Game. The American League team in the World Series will now have home field advantage for no goddamn reason. <laughs> it was kind of a non-eventful ninth inning, um, even with Ryan Braun tripling and then getting uh, and then scoring Sacrifice, on a sack fly. Yeah. It it was it was yeah kind of I mean there was only ten pitches by Perkins, the Twins closer, and. Uh, Still very efficient. I mean, if you have a four-run lead and you give up a run, it's really not a big deal. I mean, the top of the ninth was exciting because you've got the Cincinnati Reds, you know, these uh, closer Chapman. Yeah, Roldis Chapman pitching in front of his his home crowd. Yeah, that was exciting. Just and sort of spellbinding everybody, including the the opposing players. And he looked just like he looked even better than Jacob Degrom in the sixth inning because he was throwing over 100 miles an hour almost every single pitch so like that was that was fun to watch but the game was so far out of reach at that point that yeah it was kind of like just a, a special event in the middle of the game or something <laughs> um so yeah so now the american league has home field advantage in the world series for again no goddamn. no goddamn reason and and that was an interesting stat it was the most uh the most exciting thing that joe buck said the entire game is that uh Announcing that the home the team with the home field advantage in the World Series has won five of the last six World Series, which I think just goes to prove again that the Major League Baseball All Star Game having this important role is complete bullshit, 
and should not matter. Yeah, and the exception was um, last year. The mo- last year when the Royals lost at home to the San Francisco Madison Baumgartners. Yeah, Madison Baumgartner again, as as I said earlier on the podcast, I believe one of my favorite baseball players because he loves the no DH rule in the National League. Also, he's good as hell. That's secondary. Secondary to everything I like about Madison Bumgarner. That's true. My One of my favorite players of all time is Carlos Delgado because he did not want to stand for the national anthem or God Bless America and didn't. God, I miss uh, I miss Carlos. I miss both Carlos. I miss Carlos Beltran, Carlos Del- I know Carlos Beltran's still playing, but not, nothing like those 2006 Mets, the last time the Mets were any good. That was a while ago now. Jose Reyes, David Wright, Carlos Beltran. You still have David Wright. Paul LaDuca. Carlos Delgado. Not a lot of Paula Duca references on an, an all-star game. <laughs> Hold on, I was, trying to, I was trying to go through the rest of the... Uh... Bobby Valentine managing. No, that's not true. It was um, Willie Randolph. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I, Willie wasn't the manager in 2006. I think he was. I swear it was Bobby Valentine. No, Bobby Valentine was the coach... Was the manager for the 2000 World Series. Oh. And then Willie Randolph was in charge in 2006. Was Bobby Valentine coaching in Japan then? Yeah, pretty sure. We're going to have to cut all of this out because <laughs> it is so fucking unrelevant. <laughs> Let me try that again. We're going to have to cut all this out because it's so fucking irrelevant. Uh, all right. Much like the All-Star Game deciding home field advantage in the World Series, which should be irrelevant. I feel like this was definitely the opposite of the big game of the week. Yeah, this was kind of a, I don't know, it was sort of a boring all-star game. It was, I think it was only fun because we were doing this podcast. Yeah, it was exciting for like an inning and a half, but... There were moments, there were moments of brilliance. It was fun, like, I guess I I was kind of hoping that the entire game would kind of catch me up with the first half season of of, of baseball that I missed. And, you know, I, we went to a couple of Dodgers games. I so I went to an Angels game. I've watched a few games on TV, but just not, I just didn't stay up with it very much. And so I was kind of hoping that this would be a showcase for some of the best players. And, and I feel like I kind of get an idea of who's good and, and, and who I should be watching for the rest of the season. I, f- I feel like a 6-2 score is perfect for a game that was sort of a letdown because it's not close enough to be exciting and it's not enough runs to be exciting. So it was sort of like... There, you know, just enough runs to be out of reach, but not nothing like it was pretty spread out. There were no huge innings. It was just sort of very efficient. There, there were no great defensive plays. No, there. It, I don't think there I, were any. There, think, well, there were one Iglesias's, but it wasn't like a game changer. It was just yeah. This was kind of like the opposite of a good baseball game. Yeah, like the the. I guess the pitching was pretty fantastic, and then there was some big hitting. But there was all of those little things that I think make a baseball game compelling were just completely absent from it. Yeah. Yeah. They, so, could, have, they could have used being uh, tied up going into the 14th inning. <laughs> so there you go. Your 2015 Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Utter bullshit, but kind of fun to watch if you make a podcast about it. This bullshit counts. <laughs> yeah. This this bullshit counts. We'll, we'll, we'll see at the World Series, American League. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Big Game. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave a review if you like what you hear. And drop us a line on Twitter, at BigGamePod. Let us know what you think of the show. Check our website, BigGamePod.com, to go back and listen to all of our previous episodes. 
including the LA Dodgers San Diego Padres episode with today's guest, Sam Bucinich. See you next week here on The Big Game. Mm-hmm.